Warning, clickbait ahead. That's right, folks. We're knee deep in the off season. Enough time has passed from the thrill of free agency and there's ample time until the beginning of the season. So this is a time period where we, the media, the blog boys, the NBA Twitter users, focus heavily on things that matter very little in the large scope of the NBA. Some people are debating whether Damian Lillard's wedding list could win a ring. It could. And while others are shitting on the new 2K for the 10th year in a row, guess you guys will never learn, huh? But today, today, we're going to talk about the clickbait that we want to talk about. Coming up on the show, the Nets sign a million veterans, first takes new look, and Ben Simmons is sitting out. I am your host, first name, last name. My co-host is Nick Andre at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter, and this is No Bucks Given. Let's get into it. Dre, what's up, man? How was your weekend? It's been great, man. I must say, um, well rested. You know, it was a crazy weekend, but you know, I'm, I'm happy to be back on. Yeah, I'm about the same. And some up and down shit went down, but I'm happy to get back into it. Let's start right away with the Nets, huh? So the Nets had a great off season already. After the off season they had the year before, where they traded for James Harden, and in the offseason before that where they signed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Three straight pretty impactful offseasons for the Brooklyn Nets. You, everyone knows what they did during free agency. They signed Patty Mills. They lost Jeff Green. They brought in James Johnson. Those are the basic moves that they made. Traded Landry Shamit for Javon Carter. But two moves were made in this past week. Three moves, actually. One of them set up the other two that further bolsters the Nets' depth, which I think both of us would agree beyond their injuries was their biggest issue last year was their depth. So the first thing they did was they made a trade to clear up some cap space and some roster space. They acquired forward Siku Dumbuya, a player who has gotten a lot of love from both of us on this podcast, and Jaleel Okafor from the Detroit Pistons in exchange for DeAndre Jordan and four second-round draft picks from the Detroit Pistons. They had already signed Paul Millsap at this Paul Millsap at this point, great player who you and I ranted about not being signed to a team in the last episode, and fresh off a clearance from his doctors, the man who was signed to the Brooklyn Nets at the trade or the buyout market last season for the playoff push played about five games before he retired due to heart complications. Lamarcus Aldridge, a significant offensive weapon and not much else at this point of his career, but you don't have to do as much when you play with these cats. What do you think of these new moves, Dre? Do you think that they're great moves? Do you think that they're fine? I think they're fine. I think the, uh, I think the one that really like, that really like makes me like really enjoy it is probably the Siku Dubois move. Like yeah. I, I definitely think, you know, I think, you know, with his youth, you know, with him being so young, I think he still is in like his mid or early twenties. Mm-hmm. So he definitely brings a, a lot of youth to the table and then a lot of versatility. So I like that from that perspective. But, but then again, also, you know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn is like another one of those teams that, you know, it's got a mixture of like, you know, the young guys and the old heads. I mean, obviously, you know, they got Kyrie, KD, Harden, mm-hmm. we're all up there in age, but they, got, but they got a lot of great better presence as well. You know, um, Paul Millsap, even though I'm not sure where he fits with this team, but he sure. definitely is always in the locker room. And if he does get the minutes, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll probably make the most of it. Um, who else did we say? Aldridge. 
I'm I'm a fan of the Aldridge move, but then again, I'm not just because you know when I think about his condition, you know, and how he left, yeah. it kind of reminds me of um, it kind of reminds me of Chris Bosh back a few years ago when he tried yep. to make his back, but then unfortunately it was cut short. So if if he's ready to play and if he's healthy, I'm definitely happy for him. But I just hope that it's not that type of situation. I mean, every, everybody's been very critical of um, Lamarcus Aldridge, especially especially how his tenure at San Antonio pretty much ended. So yeah. obviously Aldridge is not the most athletic. He's not as um, shifty as he used to be at a young mm-hmm. age, but I feel like, you know, he's definitely another, he's definitely another veteran guy to me that could definitely bring something in, uh, into that locker room. So mm-hmm. if he's healthy and he produces, because honestly, I can't remember how many games he played last year, but he, I mean, he, he, he has some solid numbers. I, he I had some, yeah, he had some days. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely has some solid numbers. So it wasn't necessarily bad, but then again, we didn't really, Get a, get a full glimpse of what he could do, but I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a semi. If he's healthy and he's able to produce, then you know it's definitely a good move for Brooklyn. So, I mean, you know, I I don't know if this really solidifies, you know, everybody's you know pick for Brooklyn to win a championship this year. Right. I definitely I definitely think that I definitely think that they that they got some good pieces here. I agree. I love that you brought up Siku first. It really shows that you and I have talked about him on the podcast before that we like him. And you might think that the Nets aren't a developmental team that they've got three superstars that they need to win now. And they're rounding out the roster with veterans. And to some extent that's true, but let's not forget what they did with Bruce Brown last season, Bruce Brown, the season before when he was in Detroit was running pick and rolls. They were trying to use him as a guard uh, to facilitate and play the pass. And he wasn't terrible at it by any means, but that's not the, 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 the role that he, um, was destined for in this NBA. He goes to Brooklyn and they start having him do stuff that he's never done before, including set the pick and rolls playing essentially a small, small ball five and really tearing it up defensively. So I'm not saying that Siku Dumboya is going to be an automatic hit for Brooklyn. Honestly, it's probably more likely that he doesn't play for them at all than gets rotation minutes. But if they put him in the position, because I, I was honestly trying to think of like, could he possibly be placed in a starting lineup if you have Kyrie, Harden, KD? KD can play the three, but we—I mean, we all know that he can play multiple multiple positions. But if you have him as a three, could you possibly have Dumboya as a four, or possibly—I don't know—if you want to slide him to the five and maybe run a small ball? What do you think? I'd like it. I would. I based on their recent history, I don't think they would. I mean. If they weren't the team they were right now, they would have been starting Nick Claxton the entire last season just because he was simply the better center prospect. But with this team, they want to start veterans. They want to start former stars. So they're going to start Blake at the five like they started him last year. And I would I would assume that LaMarcus or Paul gets that extra spot. Or if they do want to go small, like you said, instead of Siku, it'll probably be James Johnson playing the Jeff Green role. Oh, but- I I also forgot about Bruce Brown as well because I mean he, he he did start for like a good amount of games. For yeah, them. so it'll probably be those cats, but I do like the idea of Siku being used as a four or a small ball five with this roster, and it's not important for these young guys if they're in the starting lineup. Obviously, it's great for them and they will have development, but what's most important for them is that they're in the all bench lineup with Harden. When Harden's out there with four bench guys and he's setting everyone up, everyone plays well, everyone plays cohesively, and that's where you learn how to play NBA basketball, in my opinion. That's why I love that roster. So if he can get into that lineup, that's what he needs to crack. Save the starting lineup for when you actually become an NBA player. But if you can crack that bench lineup where he's one of the four guys paired with Harden, it's going to do wonders for his development. So I, I want I want to ask you this because, I mean, we, we definitely touched on 
the signing of Aldridge and his return. So right. I'm trying to think out because Brooklyn's roster is like pretty deep if you think mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. So for Aldridge, you know, we all know that, you know, he's a, definitely a mid-range dead eye. You know, we definitely know what he brings to the table offensively. Considering that, you know, he had an untimely departure from the uh, from the NBA last season and he's coming back this season. Yeah. Do you think that Steve Nash may be like hesitant to give him minutes? Like, do you possibly see him ending up being like the 15th guy? I could see it. Um, it's going to depend on how he looks. Yeah, I, I think if there's a single health concern, he'll just retire again like Chris Bosh did. Like, he'll get medically retired. It's clear that this is LaMarcus Aldridge's decision to return. He wouldn't mm-hmm. have come back to the NBA if he didn't want to, and he certainly would, have come, would not have come back to Brooklyn where he first retired if he didn't want to prove that he was back in the NBA. So it's a personal decision, but it was a personal decision for Chris Bosh too. Chris Bosh was – That's true. He was determined and he was convinced that he could play and he was shut down medically by his doctor. So I, I think it would be more likely for him to retire again before he's relegated to 15th man on the bench. I don't think he cracks the starting lineup though, unless they're not starting Blake, which I don't think they'll do, but that's the good question. So you said that these aren't your title favorites right now. Are they your East favorites right now? Oh, I was what I was saying is that I don't, I don't know if other people would think that they that you know these moves that they're still the title favorite. I mean, in my in my opinion, they are my title favorites. Okay. If they're okay. I mean, it, I, I mean, I think it's a mix of you know definitely Milwaukee's going to be back. Um, Brooklyn definitely. Miami. Uh, Miami. Well, okay, we're talking about we're talking about East. Yeah, um, probably just those three. I don't count yeah. Philly. Maybe yeah, I, I'd put Atlanta over for, Philly to be honest. Same here. Same here. Um. Yeah, that, that honestly might be it. I, I can't really think of like other teams in the East. Boston's that like not good enough. Um, Boston's not good enough. Boston, Washington's yeah. not good enough. Charlotte's not good enough. Indiana's not good enough. As crazy That's, as it is, like I, I, if Charlotte's healthy, I can see them getting like a five, six seed this year. I could see that. I, I just don't think they're going to challenge for the East. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, a higher seed, like uh, like where the Knicks ended up last season. I, I actually. I thought then the Hornets were going to do that last season um, before the injuries and they played better after the injuries and still didn't make the playoffs, but definitely could see that uh, they revamped the roster just a little bit. I would have liked one more center. I know they drafted Kai Jones, but I don't love Mason Plumlee without a real backup center uh, behind true. him because he is a backup center himself, but love Kelly Oubre, love James Booknight, love all those dudes. So yeah, I could definitely see Charlotte doing that, but yeah, Brooklyn, is the title favorite right now. They're the East favorite. I'm going to back the Bucks until they prove me wrong just because I spent so much time doubting them that if I waste the one year that they're the reigning champions and don't pretend like they're going to win, then it's going to suck for me. So uh, I, I recognize that Brooklyn on paper is a better team and they have more talent and they have more Hall of Fame scorers on their team. I'm just going to back the boys until we lose, if they lose. You know what I'm saying? the champs i mean they're automatically the team to beat right um we can move on from that though the nets had a great couple of days in the deep end of free agency honestly closer to like a buyout market than it was free agency but they're making moves and they continue to look good keep an eye out for them oh by the way we're talking about these two teams season opener is milwaukee brooklyn so that's going to be a fun game whenever that happens let's move on to first take i don't know if you guys have seen this but if you're on nba twitter you have 
essentially what happened was Max Kellerman has been relegated from first take to ESPN radio. Basically, I'm sure he's still going to make TV appearances and spots, but his regular spot on first take is no longer there partially because Stephen A. Smith makes so much money that they can't pay Max to be on the show. And partially because there's a rumor that Stephen A. Smith wanted Max off the show for several years. Now we're not really going to entertain that. We don't have to talk about it, but I just want to put it in there for context. As a change, ESPN is going to turn to a rotating guest line now before we get into the first viral clip of the rotating guest that we have for Stephen a smith what do you think of that idea in general dre to be honest i don't know i don't know how yeah. this is gonna work right. um I, I was actually a fan of max killerman to be honest you know but i mean you know even though i, I did i definitely did disagree with some of his basketball takes but overall mm-hmm. like, he was a very he was a very smart individual so whatever so whatever whatever is next for him i definitely wish him the best but right. I definitely heard those rumors too, saying that, you know, Stephen A was basically wanting him off the show for years. Cause I mean, cause Max, I mean, you know, first take was originated to be really a debate show, you know, it's going right. to skip and a few other guys. And then years later, Stephen A came on and then, he, and then Stephen A skipped is basically clicked like that. So right. as, soon as, as soon as Stephen A came on the show, it like first take, just, first take just really took off. Mm-hmm. So now skip leaves, you have Max, which in my opinion, like I was a big fan of Max on the show, but I didn't understand like if they want to go more towards the debate area because i mean because max is more of a numbers guy anyway so max isn't really gonna you know yell in your ear or anything you know he's that's true like you know stats and everything else so i, I can definitely understand that Stephen a is not necessarily that guy but the thing that i don't understand is that you know first take has been like one of the number one sports shows for like the past like three four five years now since right. max on the show so you know basically what they were doing was working but I guess at the end of the day, that's not what Stephen A wanted. And right. I know I, I want I want to say Stephen A also clarified on that, like because I mean I think a lot of rumors came around that you know Stephen A and Max didn't like each other. He he basically clarified saying that they did actually they, that they were actually good friends. Or I don't know about good friends, but they you know they had they had a oh yeah respect. oh yeah I don't doubt that they get along. Exactly. I think you want someone else on the show. Uh, and you're right in saying that Max is more of an analytics guy than he is a debater. Uh, he has entertaining moments. I mean, one of the most iconic first take quotes of all time is I want Iguodala, Iguodala. you know, <laughs> and, 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 he's right part of that so Kellerman has his moments but you're right he focuses more on actual basketball than takes even though he gets into takes because he works for ESPN and these shows while they're rated so high on the network are at the same time aiding in the depth of the death of analytical basketball commentary and actual conversation about the sport as opposed to narratives there are places for narratives there is entertainment and it appears that espn and stephen a smith would prefer an entertainment angle on first take as opposed to analytical like max kellerman so you know what you know like not not to cut you off but i think last like year or two years i think i think espn has really shown me that it's really just for ratings yes and more than like you know actual coverage of the game because i mean obviously i mean people i mean i'm not saying that Stephen a doesn't have good taste because he obviously does but people mostly watch Stephen a because he's loud and he's yelling and you know it's entertainment at the end of the day so that's why Stephen A is what has always been like the number one guy at ESPN is because you know of what he brings to the table. So when you have a guy like Max who 
is giving you details of the game and everything, people don't like that. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you watch ESPN, because yeah. everybody wants to hear about how Stephen A doesn't believe in Russell Westbrook or how, you know, like whatever. So, right. you know, for the past few years, I mean, it just kind of shows me that ESPN is more so about the ratings and everything. I mean, I mean, which is fine at the same time, but I feel like if you're like a true fan of the game, you know, you want more. Yes, right? I agree. So, I guess what we're trying to say is that Stephen A. Smith is a hooper. But Max Kellerman is a basketball player. (laughs) And and ESPN wants hoopers on first take and not basketball players. And their first guest brought what they were looking for. Michael Irvin, the viral clip where him and Stephen A. Smith are screaming. They're debating Michael Jordan and Tom Brady. How peak ESPN clickbait can you get? And they're screaming at each other. And genuinely, it is very entertaining. You saw the clip. I'm sure you did. I think you might have tweeted about it. What do you think? Do you think it's fun? Do you care? Are you worried about this new look for first take? In my opinion, at this point, I think I think within the next few years, I, I don't think there'll be I don't think there will be any more first take because I, I don't I don't know I don't know how that will be like you know what I'm saying like just having Stephen A and then having another guy so I, mean, I guess I'm guessing for NBA whenever this NBA so so how so here's the thing like so what if like you know for the first hour you do NFL and the next hour right. you do it I guess I guess you'll have Michael Irvin on the first hour and then bring aboard Kendrick Perkins or Jalen right. Rose or Nick Wright or some shit yeah yeah so I I don't know it's like you know it's kind of weird how it's just like, you know, you have Molly as the moderator and then you just have Stephen A as like the main um, host of the show or whatever. Yeah. And, then you, and then you just have like just one empty spot for whoever wants to come in. So I don't, I don't like the idea. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it is Stephen A. So I mean, Stephen A is number one. So, you know, it, it, it definitely can work, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I just, I just didn't really like the, the, the departure of Max to this yeah. really brought to the table and everything. So It'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see where the show goes within like the next few years. Yeah, I agree. As you guys know at home, I do consume these shows occasionally on a purely entertainment basis. I get a little bit unsober and just watch these shows for fun. And I will say, in that condition, it is much more fun to watch Skip and Shannon on Indisputed than it is Max and drunk. Steven. When, when yeah, when I'm something for sure um is when i'm down i'm more down to watch that so but you I, know like we should, we should we should touch on another subject real quick like just real quick i mean since, yeah, since please, we're on go ahead. topic so as we all know i mean we, we we discussed last week you know rachel nichols um is now no longer right. doing basketball operations or whatever for espn and they canceled the jump but i can just remember i was i was sitting in my home you know going through youtube and I saw a new episode of The Jump and it's Richard Jefferson um, being the host. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yes, I, I thought they canceled it. Right. And, you know, so, I, so I was really confused. I mean, I, I mean, of course, I clicked on it. And then, you know, it was Richard Jefferson. It was Brian Windhorst and it was uh, Kendrick Perkins. And I was like, because I mean, because everybody was telling me that Rachel owns like a certain percentage of the right. jumps. That was, that was why they got it taken down. But now a week later, it's another whole thing. Now, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where this show is going to go. Even though, like, I'm, I'm actually, a, I'm actually a fan of Richard Jefferson. I don't always agree with like everything that he, everything that he um, discusses, but you know, I, I'm, I'm actually a pretty good fan of him. But since they brought back the show, and it seems like you know they're gonna bring it back to start the season, there's so many other hosts on the table that I really hope they get this opportunity, like Malika Andrews, Monica McNutt, and others. Yeah. Or even, Sh- or even Shanae Agumake, who's done a really good job at ESPN. Mm-hmm. So. 
I don't know if this is the direction. I don't know. I don't know if Richard Jefferson being the host is going to be temporary or if it's just going to be a long term thing. But if it's just a temporary thing, I think that they should definitely look into that. I agree. Um, and I don't know if we need two new ish entertainment basketball properties on ESPN. I know First Take is 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 a mix of sports as opposed to mainly basketball, but I feel like the basketball clips go viral more than anything else. So they try and talk about it a little bit more. Give us one. Just give us one analytical show. Give us a show hosted by Steve Jones Jr. and Tim Legler. Throw Nakias in there. Give us the honestly, give us the dunker spot plus Tim Legler, and you've got NBA Twitter's favorite show. And you don't even have to fucking air it. They, they wouldn't do it. You know why? You know why they wouldn't do it? It's too much knowledge. Yeah, I know. It's too much knowledge. They don't even. They don't even have to put it live. No one watches first take live. Nobody watches Skip and Shannon live. They just watch the clips on YouTube. And it's only the clips that go viral anyways. Just put it on fucking YouTube. I know they do ESPN Plus shows like Detail where they had Kobe break down younger guards games. And they had Peyton Manning do that. I like the idea of that show. show as well. Yeah, I like the idea of those shows, but don't put them behind a fucking paywall because nobody's paying for ESPN+. Plus. I'm not paying $5 a month to read Zach Lowe articles and watch fucking Peyton Manning break down. <sighs> I don't know. I was going to try and think of a joke for a younger quarterback, but I, I cannot be bothered to actually make a joke. It's just annoying. Just give us one show, one show or even a fucking like just pick up a podcast. It's not that difficult. Give us something. We have entertainment. We don't even have the best sports entertainment on ESPN. If you want pure entertainment, go watch Nicholas Henkel on YouTube or some shit. You know, go watch All Caps NBA by Jason Concepcion. Those two are far more entertaining than fucking. I mean, not. Not professionally entertaining than Stephen A. Smith. I'm just saying in the terms of content that is catered to our age range and our specific interest in basketball, those shows do a better job than first take. So why not just sign those dudes? Corporate never seems to understand the idea. And this isn't just corporate sports. This is corporate America. Never seems to understand the idea of just buying the little guy and letting them do whatever the fuck they want. ESPN bought Draft Express like eight years ago, and they ruined Draft Express because they put them behind a paywall. Now, the guy who invented it, Jonathan Givoni, his career skyrocketed. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to him. Good for him. But the site itself went downhill. People don't watch it as much, and the influx of YouTubers has run it down. And that's because ESPN tinkered with the formula. If you're going to buy something, let it be what it is. It's so annoying that... They either don't pay any attention to smaller creators or they bring them on beyond Kenny Beecham. Big shout outs to Kenny who gets to do whatever the fuck he wants in the sports world. I'm very happy for that, dude. They just they just won't let them do what they want. It's so annoying. Sorry, that was a rant. Give me your thoughts on that and then we'll move on. I mean, you know, I definitely agree. I mean, over the last like few months is like, you know, it's just so funny because it's like, all ESPN has kind of shown us is like the drama that's going like inside right. studios and everything. So I guess we're like, we're really, see- we're really seeing like what the true colors are behind the scenes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's only tough anyway. Cause I mean, honestly, I don't really ever watch ESPN, but to watch NBA, honestly, I mean, right. you know, the, the NBA finals comes on ABC, which is basically a partner with ESPN. So, you know, unfortunately we have to do that. So, but I don't know, man. I mean, you know, ESPN, ESPN has really changed since, you know, I really started watching it, which was like yep. probably like 13, 14 years ago, you know, when they had Stuart Scott and like, you know, the rest of those guys. But 
I don't I don't know what the direction they will go as far as like you know all these shows, but right. I just I just hope that they can bring like a good mixture of entertainment and then actual knowledge of the game instead of just you know narratives. I agree. Let's move on to the mental health check. This is every week. We do this every week. Last like two minutes long. Again, if you don't care about our mental health, that's fine. You're like 98% of America. That's fine. Um, just skip two minutes and get to the basketball. We'll talk about Ben Simmons after. But I think it's important to get on the same page with my guest host. Not my guest host. You're my official co-host, and that's an apology from me because that's honestly not awesome. But to know how we're feeling and to get on the same page, I think that's important. And you had some big news this weekend, dog. So you can talk about that if you want. You don't have to do the specifics, but I mean, how are you doing genuinely since the last time we spoke about a week ago? I'm doing great, man. I mean, and, you know, just just uh, touching on that, you know, big surprise. You know, I posted on Twitter Friday night. I want to yeah. say that, you know, it was going to be a big day for the weekend. And to be honest, like, you know, going into that day, I didn't know what was going to happen just because, you know, like I wanted to get to the place so fast. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, things happen so quickly, you know, right. like, you know, if, you, if you're not, you know, on top of things, then, you know, things can happen. But I just adopted a puppy. She yeah. Is, she is mixed with pit and something else I can't fucking remember off the top of my head. Um, but she's 30 pounds. She's seven. Oh, no. She was born in February. So that would make her, yeah, seven months old. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, she's definitely been good to the house the past few days but despite her getting to our cat's food and having diarrhea all <laughs> the night you know, besides, that, besides that she's been pretty good i must say and you know that's that that's that man that's classic man that's so good to hear dogs really do help us out uh honestly mentally it's just Good to have them around, and they're usually a ray of sunshine. So I'm very happy for you. And it's quite the commitment, too. I mean, getting sure. a dog, you have to know where you're going to live for the next, you know, little while. You have to know that you have to know people in town that can watch it if you go out of town. It's it's a little bit crazy. So I'm happy for you, and I'm glad that that worked out for you because it can be a trouble process as well. Me- me, myself, I am doing well. Um, I'm really fucking depressed about this uh, Michael K. Williams news, man. Did you oh, see yeah. that? Yeah, oh. I saw that earlier today. It sucks. And it's like the same, like it's like three days removed from the three-year anniversary of Mac Miller's OD. It's fucking just depressing. Is it really three days away from that? It's like very close to the three-year reunion, yeah. I didn't even think about that either. Like, golly. Yeah, it was early. I remember it was September. That it just hurts, and it's out of nowhere. It's the definition of tragic, and any human loss is tragic and sad. But what a nice and grateful man that Michael K. Williams was, and to lose him in this way is just kind of shattering you know um everyone's been sharing very nice quotes that he had and very nice quotes that people had to say about him there's a story about how he got his first um movie role because tupac saw his headshot and he thought his scar looked dope so he just cast him in his first movie like there's a lot of cool shit that i wish i had learned before he had died but that really made me sad um 
I've had like a lot of anxiety this week. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. Did you want to say something before I kept going about my mental health? Oh, no, about? you're good, man. No, I'm good, man. I mean, I'm, I'm just basically saying, right, you know, rest in peace to um, Michael K. Williams, you know, condolences yeah. to his family. And I also want to say happy birthday to um, Terrence Clark, who would have been 20 oh, years old. Fuck, you're right. Uh, you're right. Um, a sad mental health check. Sorry, guys. But um, it is sad. Terrence Clark is one of the more tragic stories we've had since. I mean, maybe even Len Bias, you know, uh, it was one of the, again, out of nowhere, a, a lottery prospect, not that that, you know, adds anything to his life, but we would have, we would have been guaranteed to see him as a nation on live TV for several years, watching his growth as a human person and a player. And we were robbed of that. And that really sucks. And uh no uh not gonna talk about that but yeah you're right um a lot of thoughts with that family today thinking about it because you would have turned 20 today that's nothing that's nothing yeah his whole basically his whole career right in front of him and then it was just taken like right before he even stolen from him yeah those things are weighing on our minds today um I had some pretty bad anxiety over the weekend or I just couldn't sleep. Not entirely sure what it was, but I got a gym membership and I'm starting to go every day like I did before COVID. And that's like a year and a half. And that feels really fucking good to do that again. Oh so God, it, it's the best feeling. I would yeah. Say. Yeah. It, it, it solves so much mentally and physically. Um, and I'm hoping that that uh, really helps my anxiety right now because it's something that I could use. So I'm excited about that. Um, I had a pretty dope weekend. I went to a, my, my, my roommate went to Cal arts, a, an art school in Los Angeles. So he just knows creative people. Let's say I went to a, f- a friend of his is a friend of a friend. I don't know. Uh, album release party in LA with uh, an opening act and everything. And it was pretty sick. It was like a room of like 20 people, a really intimate thing. Um, Not that this was a massive album release or anything, but I'd never done anything like that. You know, this is full on uh, Midwest gross kid goes to Los Angeles for the first time type stories. But um, it was really cool to, you know, enjoy that and be able to dress up kind of, you know, cute and do that. So I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Second week of, of the new job went perfectly fine without a hitch and they said i was doing a good job so hopefully they aren't lying about that and if you skipped forward past the mental health check you've arrived here at the segment where we talk about basketball again ben simmons i'm gonna do like a 30 45 second background on this and then i want you to give us all your thoughts on this i want you to run this part of it because I think that you've got some thoughts on this that that I don't even have right now. So background, a day after we recorded our episode last week of No Bucks Given, Ben Simmons told the Sixers that he was going to sit out of training camp until his trade request was accepted or granted, any of those things. That's all I'm going to say. Dre, please give me your thoughts on this information and all of it. If Ben Simmons um, sincerely wants out, then, you know, I definitely understand, but I, I think, I think Ben is really letting like this outside noise really get to me. I, I understand, you know, we, we all agree here that like that, that game seven, he did not play well. 
Right. You know, him him passing up that dunk or whatever to um, right. pass the ball. Right. Definitely inexcusable. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the thing with him is that he's he's allowing all the outside noise because I'm not I'm I'm not sure if he's staying in Philadelphia for the summer or not, but if he is, I'm sure that he is hearing all of the rants on him, you know, basically mm-hmm. pra- practically practically the city is upset with him. And some of them, some of them may be giving up on him and whatever, but I, I just, I just wish that Ben doesn't allow this to like really affect him like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, at the end of the day, Philly with, ben, I mean, regardless of how he played in game seven, Philly is not really that good of a team without Ben Simmons. You know, I, I mean, I, I understand Embiid is an MVP candidate and I know right. they have great, great players like Seth Curry, um, Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris, Thibault, um, you name it, but yeah. Ben Simmons, you know, with everything that everything that he brings to the full, yeah, everything that he brings to the floor as far as distributing, you know, playmaking, uh, and then also being a defensive anchor as well. Ben Simmons is a huge factor for a team. So yeah, we all we all we all agree, you know, the jump shot is not there. And right. I really hope that he really took the time to develop a jump shot. Cause I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not falling for those fucking videos again. <laughs> Every summer. I, I need to see it in the actual NBA game. Right. My my whole message to Ben Simmons is, if you if you really want out of Philadelphia, possibly handle it handle it a little bit better. Just because we saw how we saw what happened with Harden last year, you know we saw yeah. that whole situation with him in Houston. If you don't want to play, that's cool, but don't let all the outside noise and all the fans affect you from really playing at your best. Like you know, like coming to the season with a chip on your shoulder, looking for something right. cool. And if you play well, if he does stay in Philly throughout the course of the season and he does play well. And they end up being like a top seed in the East. I'm sure people will forgive him. Yes, I agree. Um, I think regardless if he's traded or not, people will forgive him. I mean, it took like five good games in Brooklyn for people to be like, "Yo, Brooklyn's a team that to watch out for," as opposed to James Harden sold out his team in Houston. Um, I agree that Simmons could be handling this somewhat better. Like maybe a public statement from him would, would help things, but let's not forget that his head coach and his teammate who's been there, you know, just about as long as Ben was like him and, and Joel are probably the longest lasting members on the Sixers from the process. Um, just throw him under the bus. And, but that's and- my thing. Like I'm, I'm honestly glad that you brought that up because I, I definitely think that that plays a role and why he made one out, but I feel like I feel like all the outside noise and what you know, probably what he's been hearing from you know critics and everything. I feel like that's outweighing what Doc Rivers may have said or what Embiid okay. said in the uh, post game. That's fair. I'm not sure if I agree with that. I will agree that the negative media feedback is definitely affecting how he trains and how he develops because if he didn't care what they said he would shoot more and airball more shots like Giannis. He'd probably try shooting with his other hand like everyone wants him to. He would develop parts of his game that people are saying, but instead he's embarrassed and he doesn't want to be embarrassed by the media, so he does that. So I fully agree that that is definitely distracting him from what's much, what's most important. I'm honestly more surprised that they kept Doc Rivers than, than Simmons. I, I'm sure I've said that before. Um, and Embiid had a quote uh, two days ago when someone asked him about it. Stop using my name to push people's agendas. I love and hate drama. I love playing with Ben. Stats don't lie. He's an amazing player, and we didn't get the job done. It's on me personally. I hope everyone is back because we know we're good enough to win. 
that's fine. It's a decent enough comment. It came far too late with the um, issue of Ben Simmons wanting out. Ben Simmons is going to get traded. I, I don't think this is like a Scottie Pippen situation where he can come back and convince himself that he can play with the Bulls again because that was a championship team. This is a team that flailed out in the second round to the Atlanta Hawks in a seven-game series. Uh, a Hawks team that is better than we thought they were, all due granted, but they were missing their best wing defender. They were missing their backup center. They were missing players too, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't get a lot. I mean, Cam Reddish wasn't even healthy until the Buck series. So nope. I, I, there's no reason. I know Danny Green missed some time, but there's no reason Philly should have lost those games. Capella is one of the best center defenders in the league, and he couldn't do shit against Joel Embiid. Not a single other person on the team could do anything, you know? It was really, uh, not that the same players, but it was really Shaq versus David Robinson type shit that Embiid was doing on Clint, Clint Capella. Great defender. It didn't fucking matter because Embiid is just that good and that big. So a trade's on the horizon. It's pretty simple. And... Just like his very recent Instagram post uh, almost hinted to, any team is in play. He uh, took a picture on his Instagram story of him sitting in a barber's chair and the apron, I don't know what they, call, what they call it, the smock that they put on you to keep hair from hitting your clothes, is every NBA's logo. Now, someone was circulating a fake photo claiming that Ben had posted that with red X's over the Philadelphia 76ers logo, which is hilarious, but it is fake. He posted it without anything, just the location of the barbershop. So any team is in play. I think we've talked about this before, but do you have any updated thoughts on where you'd like to see Ben Simmons go? And what do you think his value is in a trade right now? Do you think it's multiple first? Do you think it's young players? Do you think it's just veterans? What do you think? Well, basically, I mean, whoever wants to trade for him, I mean, be ready to give up an abundance of assets because mm -hmm. Ben Simmons is definitely one of those guys that, you know, and, and plus Philadelphia is going to ask for an abundance of people as well. But, you know, I, I was talking with my uh, my co-host on Count the Bucket this past Saturday. You know, we were talking about scenarios in Portland. Um, could CJ fit alongside um, alongside Embiid? Right. And then you have Simmons against Dame. Now, Dame is definitely more of a scoring-type point guard, not necessarily a playmaker. Ben Simmons is that. Not saying that Ben Simmons is not excused to not developing a jump shot, but I feel like those two can definitely complement each other playing together. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then also, we, we came up with a scenario of um, – how could we see Ben Simmons alongside Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota, possibly? Yeah, um, yeah. But they could they possibly give up uh, D'Angelo Russell? Because in my opinion, in my opinion, the two safe players are Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. I feel like yes. those are the two safe guys. So could they possibly give up a few first rounders if they do have first rounders? D'Angelo Russell, um, maybe throwing Malik Beasley, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean. We're just trying to think of scenarios, basically. You know, I think I think Simmons, you know, being that floor general, I feel like him and Towns could possibly work well, and then also him alongside Edwards as well. So those those are just a few teams that I kind of like that, that we kind of named that, you know, that Simmons could possibly work with. Yeah, the deals that I've seen, every rumor that I've seen um, involving Ben Simmons to Minnesota is Malik Beasley and picks. I'm pretty sure that they're not trading D'Lo uh, even for a Ben Simmons trade. He's friends with Cat. He's friends with Simmons, first and foremost, too. So I would think it would take something like, not something, but the, the, the offer would be Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, 
Oh, Jamie McDaniels. Yeah. Jamie who, who is nice, by the way. He's nice. He is great. He is a fantastic player. Um, he he might take fucking Tobias Harris's spot in, in Philly after a couple of years if he gets traded there. Josh Okogie and picks, because they still have all their picks. The only pick they traded was the one they sent to Golden State that ended up being number seven. And it was Kaminga, by the way, who would have been could good. They, could they throw Pat Bev in there as well? They could, but I don't think they would just because um, – Pat Bev's camp probably made them confirm that they intended on keeping him before he said anything publicly about playing the Timberwolves after the embarrassing tweets about uh, playing for the, the Grizzlies before they went. I don't think Pat Bev is in there. I don't think he's safe either, though. I mean, if Philly wants him, he makes sense. He's a guard. They need guards. But um, mm-hmm. let's not forget that in any deal, it's very likely that Tyrese Maxey gets traded as well because he's a clutch client. And the rumor is Rich Paul wants Maxey out if Simmons is going out. And uh, in accordance to that, it appears that Tyrese Maxey has been canceling some charity events in Philadelphia until all of this plays out. We talked about Portland and we talked about Minnesota. Is there any team out of bounds of those? Cause those are the teams that, I mean, he's probably going to end up on one of those two teams if we're being serious. Is there one of those teams that's not being talked about that you would love to see him on, or you could see a package being built for him? I wish I could see him in New York, but I don't, uh... I don't think that'll happen considering that, you know, they just got Kemba, they just got Fournier and a few other guys. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I've seen some people online trying to make the claim that Simmons is better than Julius Randle. I'd have to say at worst last season, they were neck and neck. You know, I don't think it's a yeah, significant. I can understand. I mean, Simmons is Simmons is obviously the better defense player, if you ask me. And I'll say Julius Randle is definitely a better offensive player. Like as far as as far as like, you know, having the whole package, I think Randle had just a little more in his bag than Simmons right. has ever showcased throughout his career. I agree. Um, it would be cool to see him in New York. I think the New York media, as tough as it is, maybe could show him a side of the media that's so nasty that he finally does block it out, kind of how KD finally blocked it all out when he got to Brooklyn. Sure. I We talked about this over Twitter DMs a few days ago. I would love to see Houston. First of all, there's irony. The irony is that they tried to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden when he was in Houston last season. Either they didn't give up enough, they didn't offer enough to get him or Houston didn't want Ben Simmons. So for Houston to get Ben Simmons without Harden, in my mind, is funny. I think that's funny. But the deal for me actually makes sense. Is John Wall the the, the star that you want to return in a Ben Simmons trade if you're Philly? No. I, I will admit, no, that's not the person you want but he is probably the best true point guard that you could get for Ben Simmons. And isn't that the player you're looking for? Someone that can play, make, run the offense, play some defense and run the pick and roll with Joel Embiid. Wall can do that. Granted, if he's healthy, but he had a good season for Houston last year. And that's not all. Of course, it'll be wall. We can throw in Kenyon Martin Jr., who teams like, and that would be sort of like adding Jaden McDaniels in the deal to in the Minnesota deal. A couple other young guys, maybe Usman Garuba. Um, 
I'd say you could add Alper and Shengun, but I don't think that Philly would want him just because they already Do they have, have any uh, future first rounders. They've got all of Brooklyn's. They can send four of Brooklyn's and not give a shit about it. You know, I'd I'd trade them. I'd trade three of them. I mean, KD signed his extension. Those Brooklyn picks aren't going to worth shit. You know, they've got that. They've got a couple picks from Milwaukee from that um, PJ Tucker trade. They've got some picks from other dudes. So they can trade picks if they wanted. Um, I think they did take. I think they did send. Were there any trades that? Uh, were, were there any picks that were sent out during the um, the Westbrook Wall trade, or possibly not? Uh, I I believe Washington sent them a protected first for Westbrook. Um, I do know that Houston sent two future picks to OKC for the Alperun Shengun pick. I don't know which uh, picks those were, but that did deplete their coffers a little bit but the fact of the matter is they can still offer three to five picks that aren't their own in a ben simmons trade i'd probably do three and do pick swaps on another couple with john wall Kenyon martin jr and maybe one more guy you know maybe um i think that gets you ben simmons and i like the fit for both teams listen maybe it's not a title but john wall seth curry tobias harris insert a wing and joel Embiid. Uh, who do they, they still have Danny Green, so throw Danny Green in there. And, jo, and Joel Embiid, it's maybe better than it was last year. The bench is a little bit better. They've got picks that they can flip into another star, which I'm starting to get the feeling that that's what they want because they've been asking for a boatload of picks in a Simmons trade. So it makes me feel like they are looking to trade the flip those picks for an even better player in the future so that accomplishes what they're looking for there on the other hand though i mean what a situation for ben simmons you're surrounded by jalen green shooting by kevin porter jr shooting both of them incredible pick and roll players christian wood Wood shooting you've got eric gordon still in town there by the way if you're a contender and you need a shooting wing Call Houston about Eric Gordon. It took nothing to get P.J. Tucker. I can't imagine it's going to take a lot to get Eric Gordon from him. They've got Usman Garuba, who's a great center or a great prospect coming in as a wing. You've got Al Prun Shingun, who's going to be a great center. He doesn't have to play at the same time as those dudes, but he's an option out there. I love the shooting and offense that they have in Houston. What they need now and what they would likely target in a future draft is a defensive stud at the wing. Well, guess what? The guy that ended number two in defensive player of the year voting last year and deserved number two and has five years left on his contract is available. And he could use a change of scenery. And I'm not saying you're using him as the playmaker here. Fuck it. Cut his responsibilities in half. Make him the small ball five. Run him in a lineup with KPJ Jalen Green and Christian Wood. I don't give a shit who the fifth guy is. There's a fifth guy in there somewhere, whether it be Eric Gordon, if you're going veterans or something else, one of those dudes, and you run him as a small ball five, setting picks for KPJ, setting picks for uh, Jalen Green, letting them shoot them. I think it would be a great fit. And I honestly think that they would make at worst the play in tournament next season if they made this move. What do you think? I can see that happening. Um, I mean, honestly, Houston really just has nothing to lose at this point. I mean, we, nah. we all, we, I mean, we all expect them to stink once again this season. Right. I don't, I don't expect them to lose twenty games, but you know, considering considering the um, the direction that they're going, you know, I mean, this, this season is definitely going to be a missed playoff year. So, 
if you do want to become t- um, contenders right away, then why not go for um, a guy like Ben Simmons who has that playoff experience and can hey. really bring a lot to the table. It's so, like, you know, as far as guiding the younger guys. So I definitely like that move if they can pull it off. And, you know, as crazy as it is, like, I can see Ben actually, like, being genuinely happy in Houston. Yeah, couldn't you? I could see it too. Like we said, though, the most likely destinations are Minnesota or Portland. And in that vein, Ben Simmons followed Damian Lillard on Instagram like yesterday. Not that that fucking matters, but it is something that happened. That's all we're going to talk about, Simmons, though. There's no further detail. There is no reporting on a potential deal being negotiated right now with anyone. There's no reports on trade pieces being made available for Ben Simmons. As soon as a trade happens, our next episode will cover it as well as other things in there. Before we start to wrap this up, Dre, you have a new series that you're debuting very soon of articles. I want you to tell us the title and why you're writing this and what the series is about. And if you can give us like a small little sneak peek for the kids at home, just to get us a little bit amped up for it, we'd love to hear about it. Oh, man, man, where can I start? Um, so basically starting, well, this this episode will drop tomorrow. So starting today, technically, I'm starting a series titled Passing the Roses. It's really just a series because, you know, I, I, I'm always on social media and I see a lot of, you know, I don't know if it's like, you know, little 13-year-old fan accounts or whatever, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily appreciate a lot of the accomplishments and a lot of the accolades that a lot of like, you know, current players and even past players have achieved throughout the, you know, their tenure playing basketball. Mm-hmm. So, so that's basically, you know, my thing is, you know, for each, for each piece that I've written, you know, I'm kind of just like, you know, highlighting key attributes that happen in their career, you know, maybe some downfalls and how they overcame that. So, you know, I, I, I mean, honestly, I had, a, I had a really good time writing this. I started it like, I want to say like late May, as I was, as I was moving into my new city and, you know, I kind of finished it up like, you know, really quick. So, you know, I'm happy that, you know, it's coming out and I'm, I hope, I hope people enjoy it. The first piece will be on the guy that just got sent to Los Angeles, Mr. Russell Westbrook. Oh, um, so, you know, I'm definitely going to be highlighting, you know, a lot of things that, you know, has gone on in his career. A lot of the narratives that have came from the media and just basically giving him his flowers for what, for everything that he's accomplished about his career. So be on the lookout for that. Dang. Yeah, that's uh, keep keep an eye out for that because it sounds very interesting. And every time something tragic like the stuff that we covered in the mental health check happens, everyone on Twitter is always saying, give people their flowers or their roses before they're gone. And Dre is doing that right now with the new series. And he's not even doing it before they're gone. Hell, he's doing it for some of these players before they're retired. I, I honestly have read probably more hate tweets on Russell Westbrook than I've read about anyone else combined in the NBA. So it's going to be nice for a change to hear someone talk positively, positively about him. I can't wait to hear about the OKC years, the early ones, and then the later quote unquote, the, the man who stayed years. And especially um, like that, that one year with PG where PG was like an MVP candidate. That was a fun team. Yep. Don't let people forget that. It was a fun team. So keep an eye out for that. I got an article coming out soon. It's top 10 point guards for Sir Charles in charge. It's really clickbaity shit, but I try to have fun with it. I hope you guys like it. It's not published yet. I'll let you guys, I'll tweet it out when it's out there and the no books given account will tweet it back out. Anything else you want to plug Dre before we uh, wrap it up? 
Um, that's about it. Um, I, I should be having some other pieces as well for Sir Charles as well to so be able to look out for that. Um, it's really just been hard trying to like find like some motivation for the off season and everything. But right. you know, I'm definitely gonna have something in the works. Yeah, I feel that. Well, that's it for us at No Bucks Given. Follow us on Twitter at underscore No Bucks Given. Follow Nick at, on Twitter at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter. He's always. I mean, he pumps out more content than we do. So if you are looking for a more consistent, check out his stuff. Give us five stars on Apple, if you would be so kind. This is Agu and Dre signing off. And remember, remembering things are hard. Deuces. Deuces.